How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to 19-Year-Old Shrink. This is Will John Grande. We now have our second returning guest, Andrea Eunice. She was on last year, but today we're going to talk about everything, everywhere, all at once. Uh, we've both seen the movie twice now, and she gave very good descriptions and observations about her interpretations of the film. And I'm excited to, you know, have her on today to talk about that. So first off, thanks, Andrea, for joining. And I'd love to hear about, like, your first time experiencing the movie and then what it was like and how it was different the second time around. Yeah. Well, hey, Will, thanks for having me back. Very excited to be back on the podcast. Yeah, like what you said, we watched everything everywhere all at once. Both of us, it was our second time watching it. And honestly, I agree. I feel like people are saying this is the most important film in history at the moment. And when you when you ask me like my first time watching it, um, what my reaction was, I honestly just did not get that claim and I think I walked out of the theater feeling a little bit disappointed actually because from what I heard everyone I knew that had seen the film and every review that I had heard it left them in tears it said that it changed their lives and their points of view regarding a bunch of different themes and yeah personally it just some things didn't click for me however it was what after I'd seen the movie and I'd given it like a couple days and I talked with some people about it that thing started clicking for me and then it was actually I feel like the second time I watched it that I really realized like how important of a movie it was which is really interesting so it's definitely a movie you have to see like multiple times I feel like at least twice but I know that I want to see it like a third time yeah I had a very similar experience like I was always hearing the hype like uh one of my friends was like this is like the best movie I've ever seen and like I thought it was good it was like confusing at times but like I almost felt like I was missing the point of it and like missing all these different interpretations. But then when we saw it the second time, like we were bouncing the ideas off each other. You were like kind of filling me in on a lot of the things that I missed. And once I was able to watch it a second time, I feel like it all hit home. So like starting off, obviously movies I've talked about with Will Zimmerman, actually, like how they have a lot of ties to psychology in it. What were your like biggest lessons that you took away from this that you would want people to hear and also like if you haven't seen this I probably wouldn't listen to this episode because it would probably ruin the movie for you but what were your biggest takeaways or those defining moments that you think are really important for you know people to understand the meaning of yeah it's really interesting because I feel as though everyone walks away from this movie with like a different viewpoint on what the main themes were um, I've heard from a bunch of people that it has to pertain like like the impacts of other people's opinions on you and like whether or not you let them affect you and things like that. But personally, I feel as though the movie had such like a clear take on intergenerational trauma for immigrant families. And maybe that's just because I relate to it directly. I'm not necessarily sure like what the I guess direction that the, the director wanted to go in when they were making this movie movie but for me it was definitely like the intergenerational trauma and kind of like stopping trends of trauma um which was like the main theme for me and I don't know if you want to if you want me maybe to get a little bit more into that but... yeah that'd be great like if you could think of maybe like a particular scene that you think encapsulated that like the best that'd be great yeah I would say I think this happens a bunch in the movie. I think 
at the very beginning, um, you see Joy, who is the daughter of the film. Um, Evelyn is the main character of this movie, and she is a wife and mother. Um, She's also an immigrant to the United States, and she's seen as the co-owner with her husband of a laundromat. And so you essentially see them from the very beginning kind of struggling financially, trying to stay afloat. But then you really see the impact that that has on her relationship with her daughter so her daughter joy so one of the main or like first scenes that you see this kind of trend of intergenerational trauma is evelyn um at the very beginning she's prepping for this chinese new year's party in the laundromat and essentially she really just wants to impress her father who had um i believe recently moved in with them and then you learn later on in the movie that Evelyn's father had never given her any type of validation or or, um, approval for anything in her life and even like abandoned her at one point when she chose to immigrate to the United States with her husband. And so you see Evelyn's desire to to want to impress her father. And although we never see kind of that approval happen, you see that same trend with Evelyn and Joy. And especially because Joy, her daughter, because she's queer, that adds such an impactful layer just because you also have to work through I guess pre-existing notions of what queerness means to immigrant families um so you see joy trying to like gain her mother's own approval whether it's just like the accomplishments she's have she's done in her life or even like just her being queer you just never see Evelyn giving joy that sense of validation that you know that joy is seeking So, yeah, that happens at the beginning when Joy like kind of storms out of the laundromat because her mom like refused to introduce Joy's girlfriend to her father. And then out of like instinct, I think Evelyn called Joy fat, saying that she's like take like putting on too much weight. And that was just such an obvious demonstration of like not knowing how to deal with, I guess, guilt or just like recognizing that she was wrong in the situation, which I feel like is such a pattern with immigrant families or especially immigrant parents, because most of the time, if there's that absence of validation from their own parents, you know, it's just, they do not know how to give that type of validation. So that's definitely the first time I saw it, but that general trend like kind of occurs throughout the movie. But then that kind of leads into like my favorite scene, which is at the very end, but I don't know if you really want me to get into that now or if, we can yeah. we'll circle back to it, but like okay, yeah. we'll circle back to it. But like going off of that, I feel like a lot of like what you're saying is like the whole idea of kind of having that perspective and being able to or see another person's perspective through a different lens other than your own. And I think that that's something that's really important throughout like the film. And like going into that compiling of all of the bad treatment that Evelyn gave to joy you know it shows itself in the whole idea of the alpha verse so when alpha uh wayman like obviously he is talking to evelyn about you know having to defeat jobu tapaki the kind of monster that joy becomes in the alpha verse if you can explain that and that whole idea of that type of evil character coming out in the alpha verse it plays off nicely with what you were saying. And I think it's a really good metaphor for people not having that perspective in others' lives. Yeah. So essentially, um, the whole premise of like the multiverse is that every outcome of Evelyn's life exists in a different universe. Um, and that in this 
movie, you're able to kind of witness what each outcome looks like and it like what different or how different Evelyn comes across in her whole life, essentially. And so her daughter exists in every single universe. But yeah, the premise of like Jobu to Pocky specifically is that she is the version of joy that experiences every single version um, of herself and every single outcome all at once. Hence the title, Everything Everywhere All at Once. And you kind of just really see how she recognizes, at least to herself, she recognizes every single version of herself in every single universe as a failure, particularly, I believe, to her mom, because she never notices how she has really accomplished anything significant to her mom in every single one of these universes. Um, And so you essentially see this kind of transformation of joy into Jobu Tupaki, who essentially is consumed by her disappointment and inevitably like depression over the situation that she has kind of like given up hope in herself and kind of kind of just wants to end everything you know just like end the on like the cycle of disappointment and in the movie she it's like an interesting metaphor because she creates like this bagel and she puts everything on it, this everything bagel, but the everything being like every single universe and outcome and like circumstance, like everything that could have happened in all of these universes, she puts on this bagel and she wants to have Evelyn experience all of these um, outcomes with her. And then following that like destroy everything just so that she doesn't have to be the only one to face this disappointment so it's really interesting because you see that like Evelyn throughout the movie is noticing is trying to become like her daughter and like Evelyn is trying to kind of experience in a weird sense like the the varying degrees of Joy's perspective in every single version of Evelyn herself and I know that that's really complicated and hence why you kind of (laughs) watch the movie that's what the second movie does though it helps out once you watch it's really interesting because the the first time i watched it honestly it was the sci-fi aspect of the beginning that really messed me up i feel like but then the second time i watched it the sci-fi part of it just made so much sense and i was able to focus on that kind of alone which makes so much like it's just so much clearer so yeah it's just a little bit of a complicated premise But once you get it, you just kind of understand that it's like Joy and Evelyn both think of themselves as failures, but it's kind of this cycle of trying to impress each other and themselves. And because they never believe that that's possible, you find them both on the brink of destroying themselves and everything around them. But it's really up to Evelyn being Joy's mom to stop that cycle of trauma, which is, in my opinion, the most impactful part of the movie because I feel like this happens on a much more like local level to so many families. Yeah. I kind of forgot the original question. No, no, you answered it perfectly. And I think like the everything bagel all makes sense now that like everything being everywhere all at once kind of leads you to thinking that nothing matters. But then like towards the end, as you see, like when Jobu is like trying to go into that, you know, that black hole because she's bought into the idea that nothing matters. Basically, what you were telling me is that Evelyn kind of learned that, you know, this does matter, family does matter, and she wasn't going to let her go like her father let her go when she was younger. And being able to recognize that the love 
from her daughter and the love for her daughter is like really important. And the bad treatment that she gave her, she kind of needs to make up for that. Um, I think was a huge like lesson in this whole thing. And then also like just the whole idea of like how Waymond handled his issues and handled his life and the struggles he went through was a lot different than how Evelyn handled it because he always said like when he was having that conversation in the alleyway with her, when they were in the alphaverse and they led these different lives. So this was the life when um, she ultimately ended up staying with her father and didn't go with him. You know, he said, my way of dealing with things is with happiness and joy, because that's how I look at it. And then he would say to a bunch of people like, don't fight, don't do this, just be kind. And he would, you know, put those like googly eyes up in like the laundromat and in the house. And then she would just take them down immediately because she thought they were stupid. But that was just a symbol for like the goofiness and lightheartedness that he had. And what was cool is like what I was telling you before is how, you know, there's this website, uh, I'll put it in like the show notes. The website basically describes how there are all those black circles in the beginning that uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, when she draws them on the receipts, when she's getting audited, like that's symbolizes the black hole again, like the everything bagel. And then when you see it on her, when she's like in the alphaverse, but on the opposite end is the googly eyes, which has the white surface on the outside and the black on the inside. So it's supposed to represent the opposite of that black hole, which is happiness. And it's kind of like the idea of the yin and the yang, where Evelyn's acting one way to handle her problems, but then you have Waymond on the other end who's handling things. And then at the end, when you see that she says to him, like, I want to fight like you've been fighting. And that's when she embraces it, puts the googly eyes on and then goes to fight for her daughter um, and tries to gain that perspective that you were talking about, which I thought was really interesting. And did you reach the scene that you wanted to talk about, though? Oh, you like briefly. Yeah, you you briefly mentioned it essentially like at the end, kind of like the climax of the movie is this moment where Evelyn has to decide um, whether to let Joy or Jobu Tupaki like destroy herself or to kind of risk her own safety and like trying to still draw her out of this darkness and her father kind of advises her and says like let her go you know once she destroys herself we're all free kind of thing and then she it's like this very impactful moment of the movie where she looks at her father and she's like I'm not going to let her go like you let me go and then she continues and she says you know I was so afraid of her becoming like me but she is like me. And I I think if any move like moment in the movie would have made me start crying, it <laughs> was probably that moment because I think that Evelyn and Evelyn kind of representing, at least to me, like a lot of immigrant parents or even immigrant moms specifically, you know, representing that fear of not being better for your kids. And then even believing that like in that instance, that means having your kids being anything like you. You know, I, f- I feel like that's such a real thing with immigrant parents um, and her noticing like her pushing away her daughter and doing that and trying to create something better is it was just such like a surreal moment because I feel as though that's just not a really talked about issue. Kind of that like immigrant parents who have experienced trauma never get to heal from that trauma. And so she was able to recognize, I think that was the moment that she decided to stop that cycle of, you know, passing down harm and kind of like an acceptance down through generations. And I think 
you know, that's that was kind of like the real breaking point of the movie. Seeing herself and her daughter is not a bad thing. So, yeah, you like briefly mentioned it, but that was genuinely like my favorite scene by far. And then that was, yeah, what you were saying. She was kind of adapting like Wayman's way of, I guess, fighting through like positivity, which is such like a sentimental and like kind of in a way like cheesy um, way of like saving the day. But in terms of like intergenerational trauma, it's just like, it just means so much in the moment. So yeah, I think that definitely helped out a lot. And I'm glad I talked to you about this because I would have never gotten that like perspective about it. And also like every time I looked at like Wayman, like I couldn't help but be like happy. I was like, this guy's just having like a ball, you know? I don't know. Um, but oh yeah. And then the other scene, I don't know if you talked about this before like we end things, is just the whole idea of her with the auditor and like the hot dog fingers. <laughs> if you can talk a little bit about that, because like there's a lot of scenes in this movie that I was like, like what the hell is like going on? Like why? Why did they specifically do this? Like why did they choose like hot dog fingers or something like that? And if you you gave a really interesting explanation, so if you just care to share a little bit about that, that'd be great. Yeah, definitely. So after watching the movie the first time, this is definitely something that caught my eye, and I was able to talk with my friend Sienna about this. So it's definitely like a like a collab like a collaborative effort and kind of creating this like theory for the movie, but essentially um you kind of see like these different universes that Evelyn is a part of you know one of them being like where she's a successful actress the other you know her being like her alpha verse self where she's like in her present situation and then they kind of like one of another one where she's like a literal rock you know but then there's this other kind of universe that is supposed to be kind of this like comedic kind of like like comedic relief where everyone has these like hot dog fingers and it's supposed to be kind of jarring but then in that universe she's actually like in a relationship with their auditor yeah their auditor Deirdre that you mentioned before and it's interesting because at first she like pushes her away like she pushes Deirdre away and she goes like this is wrong or whatever and you as the audience if you're not really like paying attention you're like what is happening I guess just thinking it's kind of like an odd moment yeah in her like kind of rejecting Deirdre and you kind of notice that they are in a relationship there's like it kind of confirms the notion that in an alternate universe you know Evelyn herself is queer and I'm not sure if you know the creators of the movie intended to kind of make it this like hidden type of lesson um or like you know hidden kind of behind the comedic aspect of it but kind of in recognizing like there is an alternate universe where Evelyn is queer it kind of makes her confront her like internalized homophobia in this present universe with not accepting her daughter Joy and that kind of brings up the whole conversation of you know queerness through generations and especially like like immigrant families again or like just through generations not from the global north where queerness is not able to be kind of materialized in the same way. So yeah, it also kind of explains like the possibility of Evelyn being like uncomfortable with her daughter's queerness because she's never been able to potentially accept some of her own, which is just a really interesting way to think about it. Because again, I think it also brings up the the subject of like queerness in the global north versus the global south and like a lot of the times that's so stigmatized in the way of like assuming that queerness is just immediately not accepted in a very straightforward way in the global south or like just you know in non-western like countries 
However, it's just it just goes to show that a lot of um, different experiences of queerness are just not validated in the same way. So, yeah, that was definitely like one of honestly one of the most like interesting and I want to say one of the most important parts of the movie and I'm sure others would disagree but really like the whole movie you see that every single scene or object or metaphor is so intentional I swear everything has a meaning like the raccoon on the head like like literally everything has like some sort of meaning to it which is always great literally like you like what you were saying with the googly eyes like every like watching this movie the second time just blew my mind because especially at the beginning because in recognizing like everything in terms of like the sci-fi aspect of it everything was so meticulously placed to the point where like I'm sure you could watch this movie 10 times and then come out with something new so yeah that like that scene in that universe where she has like the hot dog fingers was such a cool part of the movie for me because that was so much deeper than I think most people recognized yeah, and I, I love that I was able to talk with Sienna about that because, you know, when I first watched it, I was like, is that just me because is that just me imagining things or is that just like actually something deeper than what it's supposed to be? And other people apparently agree. So, yeah, that was just my little intake on that scene, though. Totally. And I think like, honestly, this movie, like there's not many movies where like every time you watch it, it's going to get better. But I feel like it does like you won't get sick of it because you'll just keep finding new little things that'll be like aha moments and you're like oh my god like this happened but you know just wrapping up uh andrea do you have any other like thoughts about the movie that i might not have asked you about or just final thoughts on why people should watch this and just in general like what movies can really do for you yeah i would i would definitely recommend this movie watching i would and like more specifically i recommend watching this movie multiple times just because i feel as though the like the second time watching it was the time where it really clicked for me and then that since watching it the second time i'm like oh i need to watch this like three or four or five more times you know just to come out of it and i think it's just so important just because there are so many different themes that it touches upon that like we didn't even talk about in this podcast but even in my own perspective of touching upon like intergenerational trauma and like queerness within immigrant families, those are not subjects that are like nearly talked about enough in media, let alone, you know, major movies. Um, So watching that, it was such like a, it was such a breakthrough moment for me personally, because I was just like, wow, these are things that, you know, are so internalized by people who, this affects every single day but this is the first time it's really put on a screen in such a way where everyone's able to grasp it because again it touches upon like sci-fi comedy drama like it's it's so immersive and genuinely I can't recommend this movie enough and I will probably be watching it sooner than I think even though it is almost three hours long there was um, a, there was a three-day gap between when I watched the first with Connor <laughs> and I saw it with you so it was uh it was a lot to take in for a couple of days but yeah I, I'm sure I'll be watching it pretty pretty soon and like I feel like another piece of advice is to have conversations with people about it because like if I didn't have this conversation with you like the movie probably wouldn't have meant as much as it does for me now so like being able to bounce ideas off people, you'll be able to pick up on different metaphors and different like meanings throughout it, which I think is really important. Yeah, definitely. I feel like, oh yeah. Also, I've, I feel like my last piece of advice is not to feel pressured into, you know, becoming super emotional by it because I think that's what 
got into my head the first time I watched it is I assumed that by the end of the movie I would be in tears like sobbing yeah but that's just not what happened and when that happened it kind of removed me from really enjoying that part of the movie but essentially I think you just have to see where you connect with it the most and just kind of go into it blindly and like let the weirdness happen like it's fine when you don't understand it because when you do it'll be the best thing ever so yeah what you were saying have conversation with your friends and watch it a bunch of times definitely well thanks for joining and if you want to reach out to me everybody 19 year old shrink podcast in my personal <laughs> page wjg23 but thanks again andrea and uh hope you all have a great rest of your day take care